Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Let me ask these questions and maybe I can just outline like what I would do. Do you want to own another property? One of the things I was thinking about doing was to diversify my real estate holdings. And right now I'm 90% invested in Silicon Valley in a couple of cities. And so the idea behind doing the 1031 exchange was to see if you can take that, that, that cash and sort of buy homes in different locations like Denver, Houston, other areas that, are, that have a good combination of cash flow and appreciation. So that was the strategy behind doing the 1031 exchange. But as you point out, when you do the 1031, you're limited both in terms of time and in terms of, so that's, that's one of the, uh, the drawbacks to doing it. Yeah. But obviously you acknowledge the drawbacks, but you're a rich person. You can do what you want. You can go out and yeah. you can buy a flying spaceship if you want. No one's going <laughs> to, I'm not going to say anything. You make yeah. your own decisions. Do you, out of this $4 million bounty, do you want to take a million dollars and buy uh, some real estate that you own directly by yourself? Or maybe just kind of, what was your vision for this $4 million booth? The idea was, I was thinking, I have a $700,000 loan on the $4 million, which is, it's not that much. But I was thinking, take the $4 million and then buy maybe $8 million worth of real in different locations, right? Diversify in all of these emerging markets. But doing that, as part of a 1031 exchange, it's probably very challenging because you have to know, you have to have the boots on the ground, you have to have connections in all these local markets. And so that was the vision is to take the inherent wealth in the Bay Area real estate and try to diversify it, not knowing what's going to happen in the future, in this yeah. local market. And then you become a remote landlord. Yeah. It'll work at 50%. Any idiot can cash flow at 50% uh, of the value. Will it be a good investment where you could do better otherwise? Probably not. But let me be more clear. You have some kind of thing within you that you're like, I want to hold on to X amount of properties by myself. I'm just trying to no, see where you're... I, I don't have that particular vision. The, the only goal was, can I take this one property that has been great for appreciation over you know a 15-year cycle and really convert it into a bunch of cash flow properties? You're, you're not country. like... I want to, uh, whether it's a syndication in these X markets or as a passive LP partner, non-managing member or same markets, but you own a handful of properties in there. You don't care one way or the other. Yeah. Cause my only goal is to achieve a cash flow vehicle. Yeah. You mean you're not one of these ego driven guys that like gets off on like owning a 60 unit <laughs> all by themselves and like telling their no. friends that. <laughs> Thankfully not. Uh, or maybe you learned that along the road, but I don't know if it were me, I'd kind of like to own a, I see a lot of high net worth people owning like a 50 unit, hundred unit by themselves, but yeah. that's a fraction of their total net worth. So yeah. just something to think about too. But that's why I asked, I don't know what your vision is. Like some people are like, I like the syndications. I like everything about it, but I still want to have a quarter of my stuff in stuff I own. Yeah. There's some value to that in knowing that, Hey, this property has your name behind it and you can, you know, you can pass it on to your kids, which you could probably do with the syndication too, with the appropriate yeah. legal documents. But to me, I was just thinking, look, I, this is not, you know, my only house, I have my primary residence and I have one other property and this particular property, how can I use it to diversify my real estate holdings throughout the country? But that may be an impractical thing to try to do in 45 days or whatever the 1031 exchange rule is. The other thing I was thinking about is, could you do an opportunity zone? But then 
at the end of that six-year, seven-year cycle, you're still hit with the capital gain, right? With a little bit of a in the basis. So that's what I'm not looking at. Like, look what you're doing. Like you're going in as a, this is not your primary thing, right? You're an amateur, yeah. no offense. And yeah, you're looking yeah, to go into these yeah. different markets. And now you're telling me you're going to go into a crappy area that is designated opportunity. So, oh boy, this is just getting worse <laughs> and worse. An amateur in the hood now. Here's, I'm just going to shoot from here. Let me know what you think. But here's what I would do. I would draw out the HELOC as much as I can. And start investing. You know, make a goal to invest a million in the next six months to a year and yeah. sell this thing no earlier than January of next year. That way you have that entire year to source passive losses and go into good deals that make sense. Now, if you're slow, if it's going a little bit slow, what mm -hmm. I would do is I wouldn't sell this property until the following year, January. So like 2023. Yeah. yeah. That way you have two entire years to build up 4 million of passive activity losses. If you don't get there, that's no problem. You get to two and a half, that's good enough. But you give yourself that long to make good sound decisions, spread out your capital so that when the deals finally do egg, it's not all hitting you at once and you're in the same damn predicament that you're in right now. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.